In this first official episode of the Dobcast, I had the nerve-wracking pleasure of speaking with Amelia Veal. Amelia has a host of podcasting experience, and in the nature of learning, it seemed only suitable to kick this podcast off by seeking her advice on the benefits of podcasting, how businesses and organisations can get started in podcasting, trends within the podcasting industry, and more. During this discussion, Amelia shares a wealth of information about podcasting and many, many tips that will help you be prepared to do your best online. I'm here today with Amelia Veal. She's the Director of Narrative Marketing, a marketing agency who uses the power of storytelling to transform business. She's also the host of the Be The Drop podcast, a predominantly interview-style weekly podcast that explores how to use the art of storytelling to supercharge business by providing business and brand storytelling inspiration. Welcome, Amelia. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Erica. It's fun to be on the other side. I'm in the interviewee hot seat instead of interviewing. And it is, it's quite a role reversal for us as well because I have only ever been on one other podcast and it was yours. I know. So now you're here to seek your revenge. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kind of see it more as a like imitation is the sincerest form of flattery type Aww, situation because you. you really exposed me. Like I'd been listening to podcasts for a couple of years, but um, seeing a bit of behind the scenes and some conversations we've had since then about the opportunities and trends within podcasting, which I want to talk about today, is really exciting. So yeah. thanks for that and thanks for being here. Oh, it's a pleasure. To kick us off, could you please give us a brief summary of your podcasting journey? I mean, you've been running the Be The Drop podcast for two years now, mm. but when did you, did that kind of seed get planted yeah. that you wanted to start? Yeah, okay. I'd love to share that story. So I think really my biggest motivation came in 2015 when I went to Social Media Marketing World in San Diego. Wonderful. I know, it's Social Media Marketing World. I love it. It was like, you know, there was a couple of thousand people there. It was really big. It was very American, lots of energy, enthusiasm. Like they started off with some songs. There was a band, oh, wow. like a little conference band. It was like... <laughs> karaoke featured of the night time. It was great. You know, so a lot of people were talking about at this conference podcasting as if it was an assumed thing. And the market in America, the podcasting market, is much more advanced. Mm. You know, they it has been a bigger industry for a longer period of time. So 2015, there was conversations around podcasting in Australia and I had listened to some, but it wasn't a big part of the marketing, um, you know, industry platforms. So it was really interesting to hear these speakers talking about podcasting. They've been doing podcasting for a long time, building really big businesses around podcasting mm. uh, and some really great success and, and really sharing messages and communicating to really targeted niche markets and having a lot of generating a lot of business success from that. So I came home in 2015 and thought, right, well, I better do a podcast uh, how do I do that? <laughs> and so I asked around in Adelaide at the time and there really wasn't many people, there, there wasn't a conversation to be had in Adelaide then. So that was a little bit of a challenge, like not, not a really progressive one. I mean, the Adelaide show, um, I've interviewed them and they were around at that time, but there wasn't a big community around it. So I went online and, um, John Lee Dumas, who is Entrepreneurs oh, yeah. on Fire podcast and he's hello, 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 Fire Nation. Really 
um, has got some incredible information on his website about how to start podcasting freely available. So that is a, a resource right off the bat if people want to to look into getting started on podcasting, check out Entrepreneurs on Fire. I, I have no affiliation with them. I've met John and his wonderful partner, Kate, a couple of times um, in America and in, in Brisbane. Um, and they're really supportive but freely provide some great information just to get you started. So then it wasn't until 2016, though, that I actually launched my podcast. So it took about a year for that idea. And I was talking to people, telling people I was going to do a podcast because I kind of thought if I tell people, then you're accountable. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> and I was like, okay, but I need to stop. You know, after nearly a year, I was like, okay, I've got to stop just telling people and actually doing it. And so, yeah, we I recorded, I think, around 11 episodes before I started because I wanted to do a weekly show and I wanted to make sure I had a bit of arsenal up my sleeve. I also had a baby around the same time. So I just thought, okay, well, if I have a bunch of episodes before I go live, then that gives me a few weeks to, you know, you know, have a little bit of a buffer. And, yeah, so it was around, I think it was around the middle of the year in 2016, we launched and recently, yeah, we celebrated over 100 episodes. I think That's I'm fantastic. up to 110 now. Thank you. Yeah, so two over two years, we're into our third year. And you've never missed a week as well? Never missed a week. Uh, I must, in all honesty, there's been a few weeks where I we were like, can I swear? <laughs> Yes. Insert swear word. word. Um, yeah, we, we were like, oh, holy hell, how, how are we going to get this episode out? Um, but just made sure it happens. And I say we because this is not, I don't solo produce my episodes. I record them, but I have a guy called Chris, thanks, Chris, <laughs> who edits my episodes for me. Um, it's just a way to manage it for me to get that content out because it is – um, people, I think people do underestimate the amount of time that goes yes. into content creation. And, and expertise as well. Yeah, and audio is no different. That year of kind of planning and preparation, obviously there was learning how to start a podcast as well, but were you developing your own strategy for the podcast during that time or did you have a very clear idea from the start with what you wanted Be The Drop to be? So Be The Drop is built around the quote that I love, which is a waterfall begins with one drop. And for me, in in a communication context, that person that embodies Be The Drop is somebody that is, you know, really a great communicator that brings other people on their journey, you know, that attracts other drops. So people that are like-minded or customers that, you know, want are attracted to a certain product. So it can be, you know, individuals, it can be in business, not-for-profits. But what I wanted to find out was what are those characteristics within those communicators that can share their message so well that it motivates and inspires others to be part of that journey? You know, and you know those people and they exist in all areas, you know, across all types of businesses. And I wanted to find out what are the commonalities? What does it mean to be the drop? And how can you become an influential communicator. So I I knew that's what I wanted to try and achieve, but I wasn't really sure exactly how I would go about finding that out. And so it has been a journey. And I said from the beginning that this is an investigative experience. So uh, Be The Drop investigates those things. So I, I never you know, it wasn't like I was stating this is how you do it. I wanted to interview a range of different people and 
try and help share those skills and and take little bits from you know these individual people and share the, that knowledge with listeners so that they could then apply you know what was relevant to them and also for me to be able to create some sort of roadmap and understanding of what makes really great communicators obviously that has a great Um, flow on effect in my business because we create marketing content for clients and we want to help them become great communicators. I'm not sure I need to come back to the question. (laughs) To answer that question is it's an ongoing journey that has evolved and it has definitely evolved over the years. And at the end of each year, I generally do a reflection, you know, what we've, what we've learned over that year. And, you know, one of the key things you mentioned in the introduction was storytelling. When I first started the podcast, storytelling wasn't as prevalent in, the dialogue of how I talked to people that I interviewed and then how I also, you know, explained the podcast in itself. But after the first year, it became so obvious that storytelling is a really central um, tool that these strong communicators use, That which was great for me because I've really been passionate about storytelling for a long time. I worked in literacy with, in Indigenous communities in Broken Hill where storytelling was a key component that we used. That resonated really well with me, but I didn't have to steer it that way. It naturally came to that you know, to that conclusion, which was brilliant. That's, you know, it's a great outcome for me. But I wanted to try and be open-minded and find these central things. So it's been a learning process. (laughs) Which fits in really well with the purpose of this podcast as well, because similarly to what you do with Be The Drop, the idea of the Dobcast is to help others by sharing our stories Mm. and learnings with combining the factors of um, training and ideal learning environments with all aspects of digital marketing as well and podcast is podcasting. Even though, like you said, it has been around for quite a few years now, mm. it still feels like we're kind of on this or we're on this cusp of yeah. it exploding to a to a new level. One of the things that I'm really aware of with my own learning journey is the importance of being vulnerable to ask stupid questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been very fortunate to learn so much over the years just by having conversations with people like this and allowing myself to to ask those questions. So my stupid question <laughs> to you and to others who may be thinking it but not game to ask is why should businesses and organisations consider podcasting as part of their marketing mix? Hmm. Podcasting is an incredible way to really build your reputation as a thought leader or an expert. So because podcasting by its nature is something that the listeners can can go and search certain topics. So it's um, topic-based conversations or content. So if somebody is interested in photography or if somebody is interested in interior design or marketing or whatever the topic happens to be, there's a podcast on that. And more and more people are now accessing podcast content. So it's a way that you can access a niche market of people who are really interested in your topic, and also it hasn't got as much noise. Mm. So businesses are now competing in a digital environment where there is so much content. There's content coming at people from everywhere, and when you're on Facebook, you've got advertising that's surrounding your content. Uh, Unless you're paying big budgets, people don't see your content on Facebook. And the same on, on the other platforms. So we've got a really noisy environment. Podcasting is a 
a space that provides you with a little bit of quiet. You do, you are competing with other people in your niche area. So you're not going to be the only podcast on gardening or whatever it happens to be. There will be others there, but there's not as much noise. So there's a lot of statistics that show that people who listen to a podcast on a topic are more likely to listen to the whole episode as opposed to, say, even video. And video is really powerful. We create a lot of video. But people are getting distracted more easily where they're watching video. So they get distracted and they'll only watch shorter and shorter periods of time. Our attention spans are getting shorter, except podcasting seems to be providing a space where people will listen longer. So you can listen to it when you're in your car. You can listen to it when, you know, if you've got an in-home speaker, when you're doing the dishes or when you're in transit, but you can't read a blog, you can't read the website, or you can't watch a video when you're doing something else. So audio provides businesses with an avenue to capture their potential customers' attention where there's not as much other noise and where they can be more focused in listening to the messages. So, you know, it's, it's, it's such a great space to get involved and I would recommend doing it now because marketers will do what we do and the space will become noisy because everybody will understand. You know, they'll go, oh, this podcasting space is awesome. You know, it's a great way. And, and we talk about building trust and credibility as key foundations for business relationships. A podcast is a perfect way to do that, where advertising on Facebook can be seen as a little bit more of advertising and mm. it's got that potential negative connotation. You know, it's a social media platform and it's advertising. And so people will go past it. If you're creating podcasting content, it's a longer form of content and you need to share information. It's more of that value share. So yes. people will seek out your content and they're more likely to build a relationship with you because they feel like they're taking away value instead of being exposed to advertising. Yeah. You know, so it's around that notion. My dad used this say- saying a lot. He's like, you can't sell to people. You can only give them reasons to buy. And podcasting gives you lots of great platforms to give people a reason to buy without being obnoxiously sell. Yes, yes. And it's one of the things just from a digital marketing perspective that we've spoken about for years that, and it's something that I know a lot of organisations and biz, well, businesses particularly struggle with is you need to give something to get back as yeah. well when it's that giving away information, demonstrating expertise, building credibility, all of those things that you can do that's going to attract yeah. that tribe or yeah. community of people to you. It's not going to appeal to everyone, but it's going to appeal to the right kind of people. Exactly, because you, you're talking on that topic. So somebody who's actually interested is likely to be listening. And then that does make it easier to sell. So because it, it's it's a way of creating a warm lead, yeah. you know, and that's that's been something that's been a sales technique for years. It's no different. It's just how we use the tools that we have. And podcasting can be a really effective way to create warm leads. And one of the other things is as well, because they're listening, they're inside, you know, your space, you know, you've got them, you're in their ears. 
it does give you that opportunity to do, there are spaces for call to actions for direct sales. So it, it is, it is really important to give that information away to build credibility and trust, but then also be very clear on that end goal that you want to have a result from that. And whether that be a direct sale or whether they sign up to a mailing list or join a group, whatever your desired outcome is, podcasts do have space for that. So it's, it is a balance because it's not a full-on direct sell platform, but there is space for it. And people are really open to that, that the in-roll, the intro um, spots at the beginning of podcasts are very common for a sales spot. Some people do do mid-roll, which is in the middle of the podcast. They might have another spot for selling something. I don't think that is as um, well-received. The, the beginning role and an end role, like so advertising at the beginning and the end of podcasts is, is is common practice and really widely accepted. Um, you can add in mid-rolls. There's a whole host of other ways where you can add in call to actions and, t- and get people to actually then engage from the podcast to your business, which as a business, if you're looking at investing in creating content and, and podcasting is an investment in creating content the same as any other content is, it's good to make sure that you're really conscious of how you're going to actually deliver the results from that. Yeah, so it's and from what you're saying it's just so important that people and businesses don't necessarily jump into podcasting for podcasting's sake because mm. it's so hot right now. Yeah. But it's considering how does this actually fit into our strategy? What's our Absolutely. message? Who's our audience? How can we integrate this with other aspects of our marketing Mm. rather than just having it sit over in the corner and it's pushing out to the audio platforms, but when maybe not communicating it through our social, through our email, through our website and those types of things as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in years gone past, people would say, you know, oh, we need to get onto Facebook. And the the question is always, why? (laughs) Because it's Facebook. We have to be on Facebook. But are your customers on Facebook? So there is that same exercise to go through with podcasting is identifying where is your audience and how you reach them. Because more and more people are now listening to podcasting, there is a high chance that mm. your audience is on podcasting. But if they're not, then don't do it. So it's, it's, it's not podcasting for the sake of podcasting, but it is about being aware that the numbers year on year, like Facebook this year had the first year of declining numbers ever. So social media numbers, instead of growing, are now in decline because people are overwhelmed by the amount of advertising and junk that they get fed. Whereas video and audio content are constantly growing. And the rate at which they're growing is very exciting. And 2019, I think, will be a really big year for podcasting. Google got involved this year. They released a podcast app. So Apple is the biggest app when it comes to uh, podcasting. But there are now other apps that are that are really getting involved. You've got Spotify, Podbean. Um, we've got Pocket Cast, which is an app that's developed here locally. I use Pocket Cast. Yeah, and in, it is ranked internationally very high. It was recently bought out by a big conglomerate of American companies because it has got such good clout. The guys from Adelaide here are still heavily involved, but it now has American ownership. So it's, you know, there's great, there's a whole range of way that people can access podcasts. And now Google have released an app. So they've got involved. And I mean, Google owns the internet, right? So (laughs) once Google gets involved, 
people are really starting to pay attention. It's almost like they're a little bit slow to the game. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I think it was very strategic about how they did that because they've obviously got a lot to do in the back end around how their algorithms work in how they play out the audio game. But so now already... If you have a podcast, it will be returned in Google search results. So mm. if you're typing in on a topic, podcasts will now come in into Google search results. They're also, particularly if you're on an Android, I don't think it works as well on um, Apple devices, but in an Android definitely or on your PC. If you search a podcast, you can play the episodes directly from Google search results, which wow. is super cool. You don't have to go, you don't even have to go off to another platform. They're already introduced the capacity to play podcasts directly from a Google search result. Fantastic. I know. I wonder if they do that with Google Home as well. I'm not sure actually, but I might. Yeah. So it's like they're, 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 Google is getting into the game. And so the next step, which has already been talked about by Google, but it hasn't been released, is that audio content will be included in the algorithm in the same way that video is now. So when you go across at Google and you've got, you, um, you do your Google search, then yes. there's the shopping tab, there's the video tab. Images, news. Yep. There's likely to be a podcast tab. A podcast. Yeah. And, and so you could search on topics by podcasts. Wow. Massive, massive potential ramifications for businesses when that rolls out. That is huge. And one of the things that I, I mean, was the up until this point, I've been on the listening side of the podcasts. But one of the things I've noticed is once I find a podcast that I love, I'll quite happily go back and listen to all of the previous episodes. Whereas I think there are other marketing channels where you are introduced to a business or an organisation and you like their Facebook page or you follow them on Instagram, you might scroll back through some previous posts, but you're not necessarily going to go back and consume all of their content. So not sure if you agree with this, but I see the potential for businesses that are that bit ahead of the curve who might identify that they have that potential for their audience for a podcast, that there are still benefits to starting now and building up yeah, a solid look, back catalogue of episodes yeah. so that as that audience grows, they already have an established yeah, look, I, I, you know, it's it's in a similar way that blogs work. You know, you're creating a footprint of content around your expertise through blogs. Podcasts allows businesses that same sort of approach. So I would definitely recommend starting a library of podcasts. And, you know, my, uh, my podcast is released every week ongoing. Businesses don't have to do that. That is a big commitment. I understand mm. that. But there are a lot of podcasts that are released in series. So you could have series one, which is 12 episodes. So you know at the beginning that's what's going to be your required That's the cost that you're going to have and that's your production and your time and that's what you're going to promote. But that content then becomes evergreen content that can sit on your website, adds to your SEO capacity. It then also is there for people to come back and if they find one episode they like, then exactly as you say, they're likely to go back through and listen to all of them. But you haven't then got that requirement to keep going every week or, you know, you might do 12 episodes that you release, you know, a couple a week over, you know, three months or something like that. It, d- it depends what suits your audience in how frequently you release that content. But you've got it there. So it's 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 going to sit there. It's still going to generate interest and engagement. And then when you're ready, you can do the next season. So you could focus seasons based on a topic, depending on what 
fits your business. And then also you you can bring in different different expertise for episode one, uh, you know, for season one, as season two. You know, there's there's so much so many different ways that businesses can approach this to suit their marketing mix. Yeah, it's fantastic. And that was going to be one of my questions. You've mentioned so many ways already that organisations can get involved with podcasting. You know, there's multiple ways that they could establish their own podcast. They could be looking at advertising on Mm. other podcasts. There's appearing as a guest. I think that's that's been my little tiptoe into the podcasting world, um, which might be a, a great way for some individuals or or organisations to start off with, with identifying a podcast within their niche and guesting on there. Are there any other ways? Yeah, look, I mean, I definitely think businesses need to be starting to think about audio strategy. So we talk a lot in the marketing world about having your social media strategy, having your video strategy, you know, your content strategy, lots of layers (laughs) of strategy, but you do need to be aware of all these different mixes. And now audio needs to be one. Businesses are going to get left behind if they don't start considering audio as part of that mix. And so, for example, like in America in 2017, there was $220 million spent on podcast ad, ad revenue. So that's just advertising wow. on podcasts. And podcasting is a really economical way to advertise. So if so, to follow on from your question, if somebody, um, you know, if, you're, if your business is interested in getting involved in audio and there is already a podcast that exists that talks about your industry. And a lot of podcasts are individual people who've set, they've got a passion for a particular topic or business area and they're talking on that. So if you could advertise within that person's podcast. So rather than starting your own, you could look at a good way to start, as you suggest, is advertising in somebody's industry-relevant podcast. So, you know, if your audience is small businesses and there's a podcast that is talking to small businesses or if your audience is accounting and there's a financial podcaster, and there are many of them, if if you're a law firm and there's a lawyer that's talking about it, I mean, obviously you need to think about what, the competition issues are, whether they're a direct competitor, you're not going to likely to advertise there. But if they sit, if there's this good, comfortable fit within what they're talking about and who their audience is and who you're trying to target, then the same is in advertising for any other medium, then, you know, it's a really good way to advertise. And as I said, it's really economical because at this point, it's still not super expensive to advertise within podcasts. But you get such a wide audience reach. And as I mentioned before, it's evergreen. Once your ad is in that podcast, so it's not like paying for a radio ad or a TV ad where you get your 15 seconds or 30 seconds and you pay tens of thousands of dollars and it's played and then that's it. Mm, you know, it's, your one week or two weeks or That's it. Your spot is gone, your radio spot or your TV spot. Podcasting exists. It's in the apps. People can keep going back to it. So you get this fantastic ongoing value and it's and it's more economical. It's cheaper generally. I mean, if you're trying to target some of the podcasts that have got millions and millions of listeners, then you're going to pay more. I don't think you need to. I mean, it depends on the size of your business. If you're Coca-Cola or et cetera, yes. if you're a really big business, then you're going to play in that field. But the great thing is that there are smaller players in the podcasting world. It's becoming more and more popular. So you're likely to find somebody who's got an audience that is affordable for you to, to advertise with. My only comment there is that 
then you're only going to ever have an advertising spot. The yeah. reason why I think it's really bad, and you don't own that content. Whoever is creating that podcast, it's their content. It's going to live on their website. They'll get the the SEO value from it. Mm. You can share the episodes, obviously, and you can embed them. You'll get like a – I don't want to talk too much jargon, but <laughs> <laughs> you can be given some code that can live on your website so that people can listen to your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's as technical as I'll try to go. But so you can embed the ep- that podcast episode on your website as well, but it's still directing back to that other yes. person's podcast. If you create your own, you own that content. Yes. And, I mean, we talk a lot in marketing about the value of owned content, which is why, you know, social media is challenging because you don't own you no, know, that's, we're creating and we're investing so much time and energy into it. And you're pushing it. it out, whereas you can own the podcast, you can heavily embed it in your website and it's integrated into your owned content. That's just going to give a higher value to businesses. But there's lots of options and you might, you know, getting started through advertising in other people's podcasts is a really great way to understand the medium and understand audio. But then looking at how, where can you go and how can you build it? Is is there a bit of an industry standard for podcast advertising yet, or is it still? <laughs> you already kind of mentioned. I don't expect you have all the answers for this, but no. Um, look, look, there's it, different size podcasts. It, Are yeah, we in no, a bit of a it, cowboy? Yeah, it is still a bit frontier, but like say. Instagram advertising and paying influencers. Mm, there is yes, such a, a huge scope of yeah. what you can pay. And, you know, they talk about – so for a while that was all about the big influencers, about, you know, how many followers they had and, and, and this thing. There is a formula, I think. It's like this many dollars per yeah, this many yeah. thousand but, followers type Yeah, thing. but then we've realised the, the market's got a little bit more savvy and niche influencers mm. have become more and more popular. They may have – like instead of 100,000 followers, they might only have 10,000. So it's a much smaller audience. But those 10,000 followers are very specific. So it's a much more targeted. So podcasting is similar to that. So you may have a podcast that doesn't have that many, it doesn't have hundreds of thousands of downloads or listens, but its audience is very niche and within your scope. So the advertising dollars can can vary, but no, they're like there is different websites and there's a really good one that I can't think of the name off my top of my head, but I will tell you so you can include yeah, the we'll link in the show notes that does have some information to help guide people trying to get their head around advertising. But this is why it is a good opportunity for businesses to get involved now because you can get in really cheaply because there's not this benchmark for, you know, and not huge expectations of having to pay a lot of money to advertise on, on all podcasts just yet. Yes. It yeah. will happen. It'll go the way of Instagram and there'll be more of a formula. <laughs> and the marketers will ruin it. Yeah, and then you'll have to pay more. But that it's it's not at that point yet. Yeah, and there's also, um, as, as well as the advertising scope, there's potential for sponsoring podcasts yeah. and episodes as well and getting shout-outs and mentions in there. Um, or if you've and- got a product, you can get product features, mm. um, you know, the same, <laughs> similar again to what you would on Instagram. Yes. You know, you send your products to people who've got a podcast and, you know, get them to talk about it. Obviously, you need to find a relevant podcast. But... Um, yeah, that's that's a way that people can get exposed to your product or you know service in that way. Yeah. And as you said, be a guest. Yes. Uh, if you're wanting to build your credibility on a certain topic, and there are podcasters that are talking in that space, contact them. Mm. You know, 
get involved. I I get a number of emails of people messaging me um, and saying, look, I really want to be on your podcast. I mean, some of them are, are not relevant and I don't, you know, I don't interview just anyone. But yeah, there's people that approach me quite regularly. Like every every week or so, I'll probably get someone wanting to be on the podcast. So do that. That's great. You know, yeah. and then you can filter through, and, and it makes it makes it easier if somebody comes to me and they're they're the right fit. Then I'll go, oh, great, okay, sure, let's lock it in. Because <laughs> yeah, I know a couple of peers who work in PR, and it's become part of their angle now when they're looking for. PR opportunities for their clients. It's not just the typical media opportunities. Mm. They're now looking at at podcasts as well and yeah. developing that pitch for what they can offer as a guest and identifying the yeah. right podcast. And in certainly industry. for some demographics, like you know the early twenties to thirties, they're a really strong demographic in podcasts. It does sort of drop off as you get a bit older, and it's not really in the teen teen demographics but knowing you know the demographics of who's listening to podcasts and and making that fit can can really you know get you in front of the, a fantastic audience are there any resources for that that you could recommend in for which... looking at um sorry stats about podcast listeners obviously it's going to vary between mm. shows yeah there is i have got a couple but um ABC's OzPod, I think that's OzPod OzPod is about to happen so i think that's in mid october so I don't know when this is going out. So OzPod, <laughs> anyone when you release this. So OzPod conference is coming up and ABC will release a new round of data. And that'll be Australian-based? Yeah, so that's Australian-based. So um, it's interesting because their viewer, um, their data, for example, is slightly skewed more towards females as as far as numbers of male-female listenership, which is, isn't actually industry-wide. It's often males slightly higher. But an interesting thing is it's quite often close within um, 50-50, a little bit skewed either way. I think ABC might just have a stronger female followership, so some of their numbers, okay. uh, you know, are a little bit skewed that way. But they've, they've got a lot of different data that will come out. Fantastic. i find that and share that as well. Um, so do you have any tips or advice that you can give me as a new podcast host? <laughs> Uh, you've obviously shared a wealth of information so far. Is there something that you've learned in the yeah, couple of years I, that you've I been doing I think this? one of the big things with podcasting is there's the focus on creating the content, like recording the episodes, editing the episodes. But a really important part is the distribution mm. and you need to get on as many platforms as possible. Um, we were a little bit complacent with that in the first year. So we use, I use Libsyn as my platform. There's lots. Omni is a, an Australian version of it. Wooshka is another. Mm. There is so many different platforms to put your podcast. Um, I really like Libsyn and it works well for me. Um, Blueberry, I think is another one that there's so many. Um, but, it, the distribution, and so a number of those platforms will, if you set them up, you, there's areas where you can set them up and they will push you on to platforms. So, for example, um, Libsyn has a good relationship with Spotify, so we got on to um, Spotify through Libsyn. You can submit your podcast to go to some of these platforms individually, but if you're using uh, a party like one of these um, podcast hosting platforms, you'll probably get onto those easier. But Get look up. There's iHeartRadio. There's Podbean. There's all of these different apps where you can distribute your podcast. It doesn't cost to be distributed by them for most of them, 
but you have to go through, you have to actually apply, you have to submit your podcast to be shared through a number of them. And so we didn't do that straight away, but followed that up. So make sure that you go through that process. And it can be hard to find out where and how and because there's so many different places, but we found our numbers definitely spiked up after we had it across more platforms, which, duh, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but there's there were so many platforms we didn't even know about. Yeah. Like this space is huge. So that, and, you know, if people are getting into podcasting and want some advice on that, I'm very happy to tell them the platforms that we, that we went on. Yes, please do. And we'll include all of your contact details as well so people can hit Amelia yeah. Yeah. Some more but go advice. go far and wide. And the great thing is this is an international audience. Like I get emails from people in Canada and America and in, in the UK, like which still blows my mind. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> can you understand my accent? <laughs> but, it's, you know, it's great. So you, you're really reaching an international audience, which is another reason if businesses are looking to try and target outside of South Australia, you know, Australia and broader, podcasting is a super economical way to build an international audience. I mean, what sort of dollars would you have to spend somewhere else to build international recognition? Uh, it's I, I cannot think that there's even a, compl- a close comparison. I mean, your website it, it yes. is international, but targeting is harder for international with your website, I think, than podcasting. So, Yes, well, even with something like Google, they still have their like local yeah. versions of the Google search That's engine. Right. So the way that a site is ranked in google.com.au is going to be different to google.com mm-hmm. versus google.co.uk or exactly whereas these platforms are more international although there is some of the platforms that do have different listening and involved in podcasting and it is becoming increasingly popular so one of the things i think that will really drive that more is in-home speakers so because people will now be able to and and google's really heavily got involved in this with their the google in-home speaker very much so um and so what they're doing is that they're doing it so you have this continuous play so you drive in your car you're listening to your podcast you go inside your home and it automatically picks up at the same spot that you were listening to so even though you're changing devices yeah so they already offer that so and they're gonna they'll they'll keep pushing that so this con so basically this connectivity so that you can keep your audio experience seamlessly going is is a way that they're doing that. So that's really opened the door to get more people involved and really listening to content because they don't have to keep firing stuff up. Another thing that I have seen more and more is these really highly produced audio. It's like audio theatre. It's the old days of radio. I used to sit down and listen with my grandparents to these like these radio shows that were like, you know, they had characters. It was like a TV show, yeah. but on the radio. And so there is more and more moving. So the big ones like Serial yes. and S-Town, the production quality on those podcasts is out of this world, like incredible. Like it's beautiful. They've got, you know, music coming here. So they've got a big team of producers coming in behind that and producing this content. So we're seeing more of this um, drama-based audio content so it's kind of like plays and theater and actors are getting involved so a lot of big name actors so the guy adam from suits i can't remember his last name but he's he's actually the 
the lawyer that was the fake lawyer in Suits. Oh, know. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I think his name's Michael or yes, Mike, in, in, Mike in the series. His actual name is Adam. Anyway, he is just involved in he's, – he's the voice in a podcast that's just recently released in America called um, America 2.0 and it's around the president and, you know, it's – but it's a full production, like, and it's, it's like a mini drama series via audio. I do find it fascinating that in this kind of – multi-dimensional, multi-sensory technological time we're in with augmented reality and virtual reality that in some ways we are going back to a very simple yeah. audio technology, which is just sound in your ears. Yeah. That is offering so much to on, yeah. Yeah, on both sides, the people producing the content and, and those consuming it as well. Yeah, I mean, well, so uh, Chris, my audio guy and I, we were talking about this, like, so do we think people would sit around and listen to it collectively like I used to do with the wireless <gasps> and my grandparents? Like, you know, because the, the, they've, got, they've got characters and there's drama and tension that happens. You know, <laughs> we're going to sit around the audio and listen to it. I'm not sure that it will change our behaviours that dramatically. No. But... <laughs> This whole idea that you can be listening to it in your car. Like, I, I certainly know when I listened to Serial, I was, like, so addicted. I needed to know. So that ability to, to to seamlessly flow from my car and listen to it when I'm doing the dishes and that, that certainly does lead itself to being part of this addictive sort of drama series show. It's opening up a whole scope of opportunities for audio content. Absolutely. And I think there is, in a slightly different way, that social aspect to it as well, because when people find a podcast that they love, they will tell their friends about it and they might be listening to it at the same time. And I know friends who have you know, not wanted to give spoiler alerts to their friends or they're asking which episode they're up to. Hmm. So they're not watching or, sorry, not listening to the episode in the same way that we would have with audio plays, we did with audio plays. But there's that social aspect to consuming that kind of content as well. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, with all good content, once you've created good content, people will talk about it. People will share it. And podcasting is definitely a platform that, you know, lends itself to that. Yeah. And, you know, you see it's similar in like I see so frequently on, on uh, different platforms people asking for book recommendations, you know, what's your favourite book. Now I'll, really frequently I see people asking for podcast recommendations. Yes. And when those posts pop up, they, they're really popular. People jump on it. They love giving a recommendation of a podcast they love. People like to share that, you know, and whether it be, you know, a technical marketing learning one or a business management learning one or, or one of these more entertainment values um, style of podcast, people love sharing that. So a few questions just to wrap this up. What and or who inspires and motivates you? Oh, that's a really big question. I, I think the answer is it changes all the time. But realistically, in my, like in my life, my family has been quite motivating to me. My grandmother and my mother and my dad are really influential in decisions that I make. Sounds a bit lame, doesn't it? But... <laughs> It's true. And I think that their belief in me has always fueled me to want to achieve. My mum used to say, mum and dad used to say to me, Amelia, you, you can do anything if you put your mind to it and work hard. And so I, you know, that's kind of how I've applied it. 
and then, you know, family and friends. I mean, obviously in a work sort of environment, I look at mentors and people that are successful in that industry, but I'm like a bowerbird sort of thing and I love to take bits from everyone and constantly pull bits and pieces and I don't like to be influenced by one person in any great one way. Is that answering but not answering? No, that's fantastic. I think it's, I think it's, well, it's kind of in, in line with the, with the nature of this learning and sharing podcast in yeah we I think well I know from my own perspective I learn in lots of different capacities yeah. from lots of different people I mean that question was more to do with like inspiration and motivation but that kind of leads into that drive to grow and develop yeah. and I think build. education is the most important tool that you can arm yourself with a desire to constantly learn is the most likely thing to help you succeed. Imagine the sad fact if you're only ever going to be the person you are now. Yes. So to not be the just the person you are now, you have to keep learning. You have to keep evolving. And and that's one of my key drivers for doing the podcast because I speak to all these incredible people. Like every single one of those episodes over those 100, ep- you know, 100 plus episodes has taught me something different. I've learned something and and it's that combination and and you know pushing and 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 testing of all those different bits of information that helps evolve me as a person yeah there's that that learning by doing we were talking about this earlier the learning by doing is so valuable so Mm. for those of us who work in marketing and work in digital some there's see great resources and you've mentioned a lot already that we'll share that if people are interested in learning more about podcasting and getting involved, they can go and find out about it. And I've been doing a lot of Googling over the last year. Yeah, few I mean, Google's your friend, right? It's but, your favourite educator. <laughs> but actually jumping in and doing it, that's when you do learn. Yeah. And, and, you're not, I mean, and talking to people who are doing it, it's kind of like when you have children, for those of you who do, you have a, a mother's group or a group of people that are going through the same experiences with you and you really bond quite yeah. intensely with those people because they're your peer group. They're having the sleepless nights and the you know, tantrums or whatever it happens to be at the same time. So finding that peer group for what you're trying to do, so podcasting, for example, is really, really important. And there's a couple of different groups. Here in Adelaide, um, Ozcast runs the podcast festival which I got involved in their fir- you know in 2017 in their first year and again you know this year in 2018 and oh make sure I am involved in some way in 2019 they're a great network of people that are doing podcasting there's other online groups um, there's a group that's run out of Brisbane um, which is called amplify but I can't remember exactly what the podcasting group is called we are podcast. Yeah. You know, and then also um, John Lee Dumas's Entrepreneurs on Fire has a podcasting paradise group, which is a paid membership. Uh, I have paid for that. I paid for that like three years ago and it's a life membership. People who are running and doing exactly the same thing as me, creating podcasts, sharing information and talking about it, talking about their challenges. And so you can identify with them and go, ah, oh, all right, okay. <laughs> and I think you ask that question about there's there's no such thing as a stupid question. Sometimes you don't even realise that there is a question. You're kind of trying to do something and you don't really understand what the problem is. Somebody will formulate the question and go, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's what I needed to do. Why didn't I think of that? Because, you, you know, you don't know what you don't no. So if you surround yourself with people who are going through those same same sorts of challenges, that is a really great way to help you learn. Fantastic. And what are you learning specifically at the moment? Have you got anything on your radar 
that you're looking to to grow and develop with my podcast yes. or just with pod so i mean marketing in as its nature is constantly evolving the only certainty is change so we're constantly constantly evolving and podcasting is no different it's not immune from that so just in general i make sure i keep up to date with any changes so for example google i'll be watching what google's Mm. doing and and making sure i'm up to date making sure that i've got our podcast optimized in all the most relevant ways as those changes come through if new platforms join the market i make sure i'm on top of knowing about them and getting my podcast onto those platforms. So it's a constant learning. As far as my own podcast, I am always evolving that. I'm always looking at, you know, what questions should I ask? What gets the best info? You know, what gets the best answers that provides the most value to my listeners? You know, what things? Sometimes I'll do a Facebook Live associated with an interview. What What do my listeners want? So I I constantly open myself to that dialogue, and change. I evolve and change. I, as I said before, what person wants to be the same person that they are now? Any form of content should not stay the same. And if I listen to early episodes, I'm sort of like. Ah! Did I do that? Did I sound like that? But also it's like, yes, because I did them. You know, the most important thing you can do is start and just keep doing it. And there's no expectation that your first 1, 10, 20, 30 episodes, you know, will be the same as what they are after 100. But that's that's great. That learning process is, is incredibly important. Yeah, I think we so quickly forget how far we have come as well. Yeah. That it's, it's really easy to... Almost like you said, you don't want to stay the same as you are now, but often we assume that we are just who we are now and not look at the journey that we mm. have have come. And we don't often celebrate our milestones. So when we reached our 100 episodes, I was really adamant. I'm like, we're going to celebrate this. It's 100 episodes. <laughs> yes. Man, we've slogged over this. It's been heaps of work. And some weeks I'll go, why am I doing this? Oh. But, you know... I now know that where I've come and the ability to provide podcasting services for other businesses is this great space that I didn't even know would exist when I started it. So you don't, you know, you don't know. Don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And, but so we got to that 100 episodes and we were like, yeah, we're going to celebrate. I spoke to different guests and said, yeah, come on, give, do a little message. And I was like, you know, and we got to interview Mark for now, which was incredible yes. and also nerve wracking. Like, so after 100 episodes, I sit down with Mark and I'm nervous because <laughs> I was in interviewing the interviewer and like you know he's amazing like I have huge respect for Mark and his beautiful ability to draw stories out from people so I was a bit nervous but honestly after two almost two seconds like not even two minutes with sitting down with him he just is authentic and beautiful so it was fine but yeah we really we made a big deal of it I think that's important celebrate your milestones we just get caught up in the business of business that is hard to stop and take because we did have to take time to celebrate that we had to get some wigs and balloons (laughs) obviously (laughs) (laughs) obviously (laughs) but it is important yeah, and, and it is, again, I'll say it's a huge milestone. I've been with a lot of my Googling and reading that I've heard a lot of podcasts fall over after six or seven episodes. So there's something like something yeah. about that, that number. So yeah. I'm a bit terrified myself. I'm like, just got to get past there. Yeah, well, um, that's why I recorded 11 before I went live. Yeah. <laughs> that's another great tip or a great bit of advice. So you've already shared with us so much advice in general. Um, one of the 
mantras that we have at Scout Digital Training and as part of this this podcast is, I mean, our purpose is to help people be prepared to do their best online. So if you could give us one more piece of advice that can help people be prepared to do their best online, what would it be? Get online. <laughs> so, no, honestly, people don't really understand that it's not about just having a website and then you're online. Mm. It's then (laughs) that's only the beginning. It's then about populating that content. You need to have a lot of content online to really have an online presence. So so it's more than just get online. Get online a lot. So it's like be online be, as well. Be online, <laughs> be, and online be online and keep being online and then be online mm. because, you know, to attract clients and to build business, you need to tell them, tell them what the, you told them and tell them again. It's this, I, th- I saw some terrible statistic. It was like 18 times you need to have a touch point with your potential customers yeah, before yeah, you will convert. Um, so you can't just do an isolated social media post. You can't do an isolated blog or, you know, you can't just do a few bits here and there and go, oh, great, I've got an online presence now. That's that's not a presence. That's some stuff. <laughs> a presence comes, you know, and it's the same if you go to a party, uh, you know, if you're in a conversation with people, you're at a networking event, you know, that first contact it's just the first contact. Yes. Then you have to follow up. You know, then you might have to send them an email. Then you might have to have coffee. Then you might have to, you know, give them some more information. And this because relationships take time and require effort. Any relationship. So if your business presence is online to build relationships, then you have to commit to it. And there's so much information online and so much competition as well. I mean, one of the I have a conversation with a couple of my clients in particular because they go, we keep posting the same stuff. And she's like, well, firstly, it's not exactly the same stuff, but that's what you do. We're continuing to tell that story and share that service in different ways because not everyone is going to see every single update that you do. No, no. And talking about Facebook with the algorithm changes for businesses, hardly anyone's going to see it. Yes. (laughs) That's a whole other episode. Oh, yeah. We're talking about podcasting. So thank you so much for your time, Amelia. This has been an absolute pleasure and thank you for making me feel so comfortable because I was quite nervous in this very early stages of my podcasting. But like you say as well, it's going to be an ongoing journey and learning experience for me as well. And I think it's great that you're starting. You're just doing it and more businesses need to do it. Just do it. (laughs) I think we could probably end there, but I'll have one more question for you. Um, If people want to find out more about you and Narrative Marketing and the Be The Drop podcast, where are the best places? So my website is narrativemarketing, all one word, .com.au, and they can email me at amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. On socials, I'm either Narrative Marketing on Facebook or Be The Drop (laughs) on Instagram and Twitter just to confuse people. We'll include all of the links as well. Yeah, and you just look look me up in your favourite podcast app and Be The Drop will be there, which is very exciting still after two years. Yes. I'll be in, there for many more. I'm in iTunes. <laughs> and Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Amelia. I really appreciate your time here today. And I look forward to the next time we get to catch up and chat all things podcasting and digital marketing. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Dobcast. I hope you feel inspired and prepared to do your best online. If you enjoyed this episode, why not share it with a friend or all your friends on social? You can tag us. We're at Scout Social on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.